Good morning. We are glad you are here today. We're continuing in our sermon series today, Lord willing, and as Pastor Chris said, the creek don't rise. Anybody ever heard that statement, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, right? So um, today we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about that the Lord wills for us to see clearly, to see clearly, to have a right perspective And I've got to tell you, the word perspective has um, really been such an intriguing word to me and just an intriguing concept throughout my life. I mean, I can really... Um, just be remember being amazed, even as a as a, a young person in the Lord, first getting saved. The different way people saw uh, they see things. The different, you know, it's amazing. You have two people in one place; they both see the same thing and and have different feelings or different observations about it. So perspective to me is pretty pretty amazing. It really is. Perspective is an is an amazing is an amazing thing. A definition of perspective would be this. It would be a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something, a point of view. The biblical definition would go along these lines. It would say a perspective is a way of thinking about something, especially one that is influenced by your beliefs. So our beliefs, what we believe about something is going to inform our perspective. It's going, to, it's going to shape or it should shape the way that we look at things. You hear us talk about quite often about looking at life with a biblical worldview, a, a perspective that's informed by, by our beliefs uh, about God and through the Bible. Uh, I think all of us could look around today and, and without, um, without a doubt we would say, that um, we live in a crazy time, right? I think we all share <laughs> that perspective. No matter which uh, way we're looking at things, we know that it's a, a crazy world. I've heard people say things like they've, got, they've shared the perspective that it's the worst time ever, okay? I've heard people say um, that this has been the worst pandemic. It's the worst uh, sickness that's ever gone on. I've heard people say that life has never been, how many people have heard, life has never been harder? How many people have heard things express or, or say things like that kind of, you know, everyone's stressed out this week. Somebody told me, man, everybody's so stressed out. People are just, um, they're living filled with anxiety. I mean, that, that word anxiety seems to be kind of the catchphrase of everybody's ang- got, you know, got anxiety, dealing with anxiety. And listen, it's a real deal. I mean, I know that, that, that we do. We struggle with this. But it says, this person was saying, everybody's just filled with anxiety. And they're filled with fear. And how many people have heard this? It's the end of the world, right? Has anybody heard that? Now, I believe in the end of the world. I believe that Jesus is coming. I believe that uh, we're living, we're living in the, the last day of the last days. But, but I think maybe we need to have an informed perspective, and maybe we need to look at things from a little bit of a different view. We, we can get so wrapped up in where we're at and what we see that we really do. We begin to believe some wrong things. We begin to believe that nobody else has had it as bad as we have. Nobody's suffered like we've suffered. Nobody's had the, you know, faced the difficulties we've faced. And I'm just here today to tell us that's not true. You know, people have faced very difficult things, and you know what? And God still brought them through, and I believe God's going to bring us through as well. Amen? Amen? So what we believe, what our, what our perspective is, changes everything. 
if, if your, your perspective might be about your spouse, you might have a, you know, you might have, be married to the, the old man or you might be a, you might have a, a you know, the old, the old nagging lady and, and she, that's who she is. And, you know, you just kind of put her down or something. And, and I, I understand that not everybody gets to have the perspective that I have of being married to the most beautiful, wonderful, amazing woman in the whole world. Uh, already got all the good Super Bowl food on the, on the stove going. I mean, it's, just, you know, so, but how you view what you believe about your spouse is going to say a lot about how you treat them, how you think about them, and how you act towards them. Amen? And so, um, if most of us, we need to, be, to take on and believe what God says, that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen? Trying to help you guys. Right about there, you should reach over, you know, um, he's talking about you, baby, right? That's right. Yeah, so uh, your perspective, your perspective is going to change the way you treat uh, people. Your kids, okay? Your kids. Now, some people might believe that, uh, you know, your children are the spawn of Satan, right? And uh, they, uh, you know, and they were sent uh, as some type of a, a repayment for the sins of our early lives, right? They were... I had a friend uh, years ago, Yvette and I had some friends they, that he would not. He refused to have children. We said, why won't you have children? He said, because my mother put a curse on me. I said, what do you mean your mom put a curse on you? He said, well, my mom said, I hope you grow up someday and have children that treat you just like you treat me. <laughs> he said, so I'm not having kids. <laughs> I refuse. But we could say, wait a minute. God says, and we believe that children are are a blessing from the hand of God. Man, they're they're a gift. They're 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 a they're a trust that God gives us so that we can for to steward them and to to raise them up and to and to use you know to to use our abilities to help shape their lives to make a difference for the future. We could look at people. With a, with a unique perspective. And we can say, if you're not my skin color, if you're not my a political party, if you're not my faith, if you're not my socioeconomic status, then you're a problem to me. And if we see people as problems and people as obstacles instead of people as opportunities and people created by God and bearing the image of God upon their lives and people who become the opportunity for us to share the love of Jesus Christ, then it's going to inform, it's going to change the way that we act. Amen? It's going to change. So what we believe whether it's work or school, okay? We don't have to go to work. We don't have to go to school. We get to, amen? We get to so that we can interact and we can, we can share our faith with other people, amen? We can be an example to others. Our belief about the government, okay? Let's meddle just a little bit there, okay? We may not be pleased with our government. We may not like everything that it does, but I'm telling you, after talking with other people in other nations over the last few weeks, we've still, we're still living in, the, in a country where people will risk their lives to get here no matter what the government is. Amen? Maybe we should see government under the hand of God instead of changing all of God's plans for our country. Amen? Maybe we need to look at our lives and say, hey, my life is not just filled with problems and troubles and difficulties, and I'm not like the guy from years ago that had the good-for-nothing, terrible, rotten, horrible day, but I am blessed. Any blessed people in here today? Any blessed people in here today? Man, we are blessed of the Lord. We're blessed of the Lord. You see, every day we're going to face something that gets blown out of proportion. 
Every day, there's going to be something that wants to change us and impact our life. It's something that wants to kind of to, to change what we believe. I mean, I've had bad things happen and all of a sudden begin to wonder, God, do you still love me? Okay, But listen, what happens in our lives, the circumstances of our lives do not change who God is. Amen? So things, there's going to be things every day that try to, try to impact how we see our life, how we see people around us to influence our perspective. Things that try to so press upon our lives that it, that it raises our blood pressure and, and changes our emotions and letting our emotions inform our attitudes and our actions. So the question becomes today, I think, how can I keep or get a right perspective and put other things in the right place? That's what I want to talk about today just for a few minutes, all right? All right, three areas of perspective, and, and let me just mention this. You know what? God's desire has always been for his people to see clearly. God, God's desire has always been. I, I was reading in, the, in Isaiah this week where, where Isaiah prophesied a couple of different times that part of the manifestation of the kingdom of God would be that the blind see that those that lack understanding receive understanding, that mysteries which have been veiled are unveiled. You know, God's purpose is for us to see, to see clearly, and uh, to, to, to be able to have a right perspective. I, uh, sometimes right perspective times of seeing clearly takes work. You know, in Luke chapter, I'm sorry, in Mark chapter 8, um, Jesus one time prayed for a blind man. There were several times where he played, prayed for blind people and healed blind people. But I love this uh, scripture where it says that Jesus went over and there was a blind man and the blind man comes out and he, he was led by some friends to Jesus and he comes to Jesus and he begs Jesus to heal him. Now, can I say that if we're blind, if we're having a problem seeing, if our perspective is always bouncing all over the place, if our perspective is messed up, you know, twisted up, we, you know, we may want to cry out and say, God, heal our vision. God, heal our perspective. And so Jesus reaches over. As a matter of fact, Jesus takes this man uh, says by the hand, like, leads him out of the city. Jesus stops him, reaches down, makes him, spits in the dirt, makes some mud, puts the mud on his eyes, prays for him, and then he asks the man, he goes, what do you see? And you know what the man said? He said, I see men walking as trees. Well, Jesus could have said, oh, better than you were, right? <laughs> there you go, man. I mean, you know, you, uh, this, you know, this is as good as it gets. But you know what Jesus looked at him and said, hey, let me pray for you again here. So he prayed for him again and he healed him and healed him completely so he saw clearly. He was able to see everything absolutely clearly. Today, I'm going to tell you that God's plan for your life, God's plan for my life is for us to see clearly. The first area, the first place where God wants us to have a right perspective is with God. Who is God? What is my perspective? What's my belief about God? Man, man, we sang some great songs about God being you know, glorified and worshiping and praising him. And in our throne room service, we talked about this, that, that, that we want to define why we're praising God because God has been so good to us. So I want to ask you, how do you see God? How, how do you see him? Because uh, if you see him as, as this mean father, I'm telling you, early in my Christian life, I had a really difficult time. People would just say, oh, just love your heavenly father. And my experience with my father wasn't something where it just prompted great deals of love. 
And so I said, wait a minute. Finally, God spoke and God touched me and healed my perspective of him and said, I'm not a father like your father was. I'm the father like your father should have been and like you need to be. So we need to get a fresh vision of who God is. I remember years ago on a Wednesday night, we were having a service. And during that service, we did this thing. We said, um, when you go to prayer, when you go to pray to God, how do you see God? And they said, and we began to, some person said, oh, when I, when I hear from the Lord, when I think about praying, I, I get a song. Well, that person was a piano player, and they get a song, and somebody else said, oh, I get a scripture, and this person was a Bible teacher, and that's not surprising. And another person said, oh, I see a picture, and they were kind of artistic. And so, you know, sometimes we see God through how he's created us and formed us. But this one person said, you know, when I think about God, and when I think about coming to God, I see him as really, really far away. And I see him sitting up on the top of this throne, and there's these big curtain, and there's these steps that, you know, you have to crawl. She's, this person said, I, I have to kind of start making my way up the steps, and then I kind of crawl up the steps, and I get to the, you know, I get to the base of where this, this throne room is, and, and I, there's thundering and lightning, and, and there's this big curtain, and, and all kind of, is anybody picturing the Wizard of Oz right now, <laughs> you know, right? And, and all of a sudden, it's like, man, I'm, I'm just, I hope that he accepts me and I hope that I, can I tell you that if that's your picture of God, if your picture of God is somebody who's distant and separate and, and, and just, you know, always judging and looking to get you, I told somebody this week, somebody said, man, yeah, something about, you know, we, if, you know, God, we, we've got to remember there's judgment. I said, you know what? There is judgment, but if God really wanted to judge us, he wouldn't have to look very hard to find something to get us for, Right. I mean, come on, guys, we're not, you're all wonderful and great, but you just ain't that wonderful and great, neither am I, right? We all blow, we all make, but if that's our perspective of God, we're going to, we're, we're going we're gonna to have problems saying, I want to run to God, I want to call upon God, I want to keep my focus on God. If he's, if he's not loving and good and kind and graceful and merciful, if he's not always caring for, if he's, if he's God, the scripture says he's God who goes before us and he's God who walks beside us and he's God who's behind us. Listen, I'm telling you today that he is God who loves you and cares for you, and he's God we can put our trust in. We need to get a fresh vision of God. In Isaiah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, it says that in the year that King Uzziah died, Pastor Chris uh, read this scripture earlier today. I love when God, um, you know, when he, when he confirms things. It says, uh, King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne and high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled his temple. And, a st and then there were angels and they had wings and they covered their faces and feet and they flew. And listen, they says they called out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. He, he, God, I mean, God opens the heavens so that Isaiah can see a picture of who God really is. And when he sees him, he sees angels worshiping him. And, and I, I used to think this was such a, a crazy picture. I thought, well, here you've got these robotic angels. They're just all standing there going, holy, 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 holy. You know, that's their job all throughout eternity. They just, you know, like storefront Santa Claus is holy, 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 holy. You know, there's, and then until it was, somebody explained it and said, suppose it was like this. Suppose those angels that circled, the God, circled God, one of them looks at God from a, his vantage point, his perspective, and he sees an aspect of the amazing greatness of God in a fresh way, and he goes, holy is the Lord. And then he lifts his eyes up again, and, and he 
sees another perspective. And, and throughout eternity, can I tell you, one of the great things we're going to get to do is we're going to see all of the different incredible aspects of God. And we're going to be going crying, holy are you, God. You're amazing. You're great. You're wonderful. You're the best. You're incredible. We're going to be, praise isn't going to be something difficult. Worship isn't going to be something difficult. It's going to flow. And when Isaiah comes into this, this setting, God changes his perspective. And he's, you know what he says? He says, oh, God, here I thought I had it all together. I thought I was your amazing man of faith, wonder, and power, you know? He says, all of a sudden, woe am I, God. God, I'm a man of unclean lips. Now cleanse me and change me. And God cleansed him, and God changed him. And can I tell you, then God says, Isaiah says, I'll go for you, God. I'll give you my life. I'll do whatever you want. It all started with a, with a fresh perspective, a fresh vision of God. Can I tell you today? that I believe that we as God's people need a fresh perspective of how incredible our God is, how good our God is, how loving, how powerful, how awesome he is, and how awesome his plan is for each and every one of our lives. God is good, and God can be trusted. Listen to this. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Does that sound like a mean God? Somebody who says, I'm going to bless you with every spiritual blessing. I'm going to bless you with everything you need. I'm going to give you all that you know that you need and all that I know that you need. I'm going to bless you with every spiritual blessing that comes from the heavenly places in Christ. Listen, God wants and God is working for our best in every situation. Doesn't matter what the circumstance is, amen? Doesn't matter what the bank account says. Doesn't matter what's going on in the political arena. Doesn't matter what, God is working and God desires and God's gonna bring about his best for each and every one of us. Romans 8 puts it like this. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Aren't you glad if God's for us, who can be against us? Your boss can't be against you. The, the teacher doesn't matter. They might not, might not like you, right? I had a few teachers that they were wrong. They didn't, right? They, they, anybody ever had a teacher that was just wrong, you know? They didn't see it my way. If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for, all, for us all. Listen to this. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? What's God want to do? He wants to give you everything that you need to be who he's created you to be to accomplish what he's created you to accomplish. And if you have a belief today or you have a perspective today that God has been holding out on you, well, God, I haven't found Mr. Right yet, or God, I haven't found Mrs. Right yet. And God, you're holding out on me. And God, you're robbing me. Or God, I haven't got that promotion. And -and so-and-so got a promotion. And God, I I haven't got all these things that I want, I want, I want. Can I tell you that sometimes you've got to keep in mind that God is working for your best. I heard someone say a long time ago, it's better to be missed than mistake. So, um, (laughs) right? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 says this, But God, who's rich in his mercy because of his great love, which with he has loved us even... When we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places with Christ. Listen to that again. 
Even when we were dead in our trespasses, he loved us. Aren't you glad that God loved you before you ever thought about loving him? Aren't you glad today that, that no matter what you were doing, no matter what you were thinking, no matter how you were acting, no matter what you were saying, God loved you while you were still dead in your sins and in your trespasses? You know what that also means? Listen, it also means that you will never in your lifetime, no matter how far you travel, no matter what circles you go into, you will never in your life, listen to this, you'll never meet somebody who God doesn't love. You'll never meet a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. You'll never have a person. You'll never see a horrible story about somebody on television that God doesn't love them. And because God loves them so much, he raises us to sit in heavenly places so we can get a heavenly perspective, so we can manifest heaven's presence, heaven's power, heaven's love here on earth to work transformation in this world today. So uh, getting a right view of God is the first step to seeing anything and everything else clearly, especially, ready for this, especially ourselves. If there's a second thing that we need a, a clear perspective of, a right perspective, and to have a right belief of, it's, it's about who we are. It's about who you are. So, so, I mean, think about this. If you are going through life as a victim, if you're the one that's everything's always against you and nothing goes right for you and, and, and your life is just, you know, goes from one problem to one difficulty to the next. Listen, God hasn't said we're victims. He said we're victorious. That's who God's people are. I, I'm sure we've all met those people. I tell people, I say that they're, they have the spirit of Eeyore, you know, Every, everything's bad and it, you know what Eeyore is? Everything's bad and everything's going to get worse. And there's always a cloud following us around and, and these people are always discouraged and they're always down and, and they always see them as a nail. So every, you know, they see themselves as a nail and everything else is a hammer, always hammering on them, right? And, and they're just kind of, it's like they're a walking bruise, you know, and if you just touch them, it's like, ah, it hurts so much. And, you know, it's, it's like they've, they've, they've got the worst case of sunburn ever and you go up and pat them on the back, you know? No matter what you say, it's going to hurt. It's going to cause problems. Is anybody, everybody, body like, do not elbow the person beside you. Do not do that, okay? It might, it might hurt them. But Romans says this. <clears throat> it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution <coughs> or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Anything going to separate us? from the love of Christ, financial threats, worries about the future, shame from the past, are those, you know, I mean, it's just crazy the things that we can find to worry about sometimes. I'm sure none of you have ever had this, every now and then I've heard these, these noises in the night. Does anybody ever deal with noises in the night? And all of a sudden you hear something and it's clicking and it's probably the furnace and it's going to explode and blow up. I got a call yesterday that uh, somebody was working on something and I smell gas over here. And I was like, oh great, now the building's going to blow up. And now, you know, it's, I mean, has you ever, have you ever had those type of thoughts? Listen. God's plan, God is with us. God is for us. And look what he says this. No, 
No, in all things, we are more than conquerors. Say it with me. We are more than conquerors. Go ahead, turn to the person beside. Say, he's talking about you. You're a conqueror, right? We are more, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither left death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, height, depth, anything else will be able to separate us from the love of Christ, uh, the love of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, we want to be conquerors. The problem is we just don't want to conquer anything. You know? I'm t- but that's not how it works. We get to conquer some stuff. We get to overcome some stuff. We get to win in some battles so that we can be these people. I want to tell you uh, just a quick story here of how my heart and mind started moving towards this whole idea of, um, of perspective. So a few weeks ago, I was uh, praying, and one day, I, I hesitate to really call it praying. It was more like griping and compl- grumbling. Does anybody ever just kind of grumble to the Lord? You know what I'm talking So I was like, oh, God, I can't believe the world we're living in. This world's terrible, and it's getting worse. It's going to go to hell in a handbasket, Lord. And I just can't, you know, God, we've served you so faithfully, and look what you're doing, and look at our government, and look at our, you know, look at, look, look at our culture, and look at and look all the crazy beliefs that people have, and, and God, people just gone, everybody's stupid, Lord, and I just mean, you know, you, you, I know you've never thought that way, right? So... Uh, just drive down South Broadway any afternoon, and you can be. You can, I can prove this. There, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm grumbling. I'm grumbling to the Lord, and, and, and really, one of the things that was really on my heart is, um, is just I, I hate, and I hate the situation that America's in when it comes to our national debt. I don't know what it is now. Somewhere approaching thirty million, thirty trillion dollars. You know, <clears throat> somewhere around a hundred thousand dollars of debt for every single man, woman, boy, and girl uh, here in America. Aren't you glad you came to church? Good news today. So, um, so I, I was just kind of saying this, and, I was, and, and all of a sudden I heard this kind of this little voice that said, "Well, do you think I don't know that?" I was like, "What? Get behind me!" And I was like, "God, God, what are you? What are you?" God said, "Hey, Sam." He goes, "Do you think this situation surprises me?" I said, "Well, no, God. I don't think it surprises you, but you could have done something about it." Right? I mean, I was, I was really kind of just not, you know, irritable. And he said, I did. Because my concern was, what, what kind of world are we living for, leaving for our kids and for our grandkids? I mean, that, I, 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 really, I, I don't know, maybe you don't think about that, but I've got grandkids and I think, man, I, I wish they'd still lived in a world. There used to be a world where you could get on your bike and drive to the other, ride it to the other side of town and nobody ever have to worry about your safety. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking about these things, and I'm again, and God says, "Hey, listen, why didn't I do something? I did do something. I gave you your kids and your grandkids." He said, "Have you considered for one minute?" And listen, look at me, teenagers. I want to talk to you. God said, "Have you ever considered for one minute that my answer for for all of the confusion and the chaos and the troubles in the world are those young people?" Have you considered that the only hope that the world has is your children and your grandchildren? He goes, listen, he goes, if I could raise up Daniel and his friends to live, to, to, to live righteously and godly and seek me, and if I could help them to, to stay focused on me in, a, in, the country, in the world of Babylon and transform Babylon, he said, I can do it with this generation. 
I'm telling you, and listen, parents, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to tell you this. This is what the Lord begins. He said, you need to change your focus. You need to get a fresh perspective. I'm trying to, to, to just focus all your attention on the world and things that maybe you can't change. Do what you can but recognize what you can't. He said, but you know what you can do? You can begin to pray that a spirit of Daniel would come upon those young people. You can pray that there would be an impartation that would come from one generation to the next so that they could genuinely stand on your shoulders and go higher and make a greater difference and turn our world around. You know what? There was a day when the scripture says that there were a group of people that were so walking, so full, with the whole, full of the Holy Spirit that the, their testimony about them was that they're turning the world upside down. And if God hasn't changed, then God's ability to take people, young people, children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, God can raise them up filled with his power and filled with his presence and filled with his perspective and filled with his love and transform the world in which we live. Parents, I'm telling you, we need to get a right perspective of the stewardship that God has entrusted us with. Grandparents, grandparents, if we're spending more time grumbling about <laughs> what's going on around us instead of focusing on what we can, what's right in front of us and where we can bring spiritual impartation and impartation of, of wisdom and encouragement and, and grace and goodness and love and life, man, we are missing the mark. Amen? Amen. I really do believe, okay, and again, that, um, that like Esther, think about this, of all of the people that God, God who knew history way before it ever happened, of all the people that God could have ever chosen to be in these crazy, difficult times, in his providential, omniscience, all-knowing ability, he chose you to be here. He chose you. And he chose your children and your grandchildren to follow you. Listen, God's not stupid. God's got a plan. We got to be sure that we're not just trying, we're, that, that we're focusing in on that plan and we're, we're using our time and our energies rightly. I'm telling you, everything that you can pour in to your children and to your grandchildren, to the next generation, is input well spent. Amen? So let me wrap up with this. Matthew chapter 6 says it like this, and you don't have to read it all, but it just says, Jesus said, I tell you, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or your body, what you'll put on. Anybody ever worry about their life? I, we all do, don't we? Yeah. Okay. Life is more than food and body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap and they gather, but their father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Or why are you anxious about food? Therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, let me encourage you, don't be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for, enough for itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. Listen, we're not going to be ignorant about the things that are going on around us. We're going to be well-informed about them. We're not going to stick our heads in the sand and pretend they don't exist. But what we are going to say is, 
that circumstances do not get to control our lives. Only God gets to do that. Amen? We're not, you know, we're not people sitting back and, and just absorbing the blows. The Bible says that we are, what are, what are we? We're victorious. We're conquered. The matter of fact, the Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. We're the ones on the march. We're the ones on the attack. We're the ones that start in the heavenly places and allow God to do so work in us and transform us that what comes out of us transforms the world around you. Amen? Man, I'm just thankful that as God changes us, he changes our perspective of other people as well. Man, that we, um, we don't look at other people as enemies you see, there is an enemy, but people aren't, people aren't our enemy. The devil's the enemy, amen? He may be working through some of those people. You know what that means? It doesn't make them the enemy. It means they need deliverance. They need salvation. They, they need somebody to come along and put a, an arm of love around their shoulder. They need somebody to speak an encouraging word to them. They need somebody to help them see that there's a different way to live. Have you ever seen anybody just wasting their life? Man, you probably got friends you go to school with, you work with. They're drinking their life away or they're drugging their life away or they're, they're practicing immorality and it's destroying their lives. And man, you know what? We could look at them and say, man, we just need to hammer on them and condemn them. But you know what? That's not God. God's saying, you know what I've got? I've got people. I've got people I'm raising up. I've got a generation of people I'm raising up to love them, to love the hell out of them so that they can come and they can experience the goodness of God and the goodness of heaven right here on earth and hunger and thirst for it in the days to come. My question is this, okay? We all believe it's God's will for us to live abundantly, amen? Be his children, be his people. Circumstances <clears throat> don't change the world. It's not about the environment around us. It's about the presence in us. So my question is, are you willing to submit and to commit to the will of God for your life? Are, are you willing to say, God, heal my perspectives, change my perspectives, work in me? God, give me the same revelation. Give me a fresh revelation of who you are, God, like Isaiah, so that I'll be transformed and be ready to go and to be an agent of transformation. In some of the darkest, most desperate times in the world, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come and to live a perfect life and to be hated for it. Any perf anybody lived a perfect life here? <laughs> we wonder why we struggle and have difficulties. But listen, Jesus laid his life down so that we could have life. Today, God's saying, what are you going to do with your life? If you'll give it back to me, I'll make something special out of it. And listen to this scripture from Corinthians 11. It says, for I was, Paul speaking, says, for I received from the Lord... What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. Now, think about this. Jesus knew he was on the way to die. And what did he do? Of all the things he could have done, he said, listen, I want to give my life to you. Today, he says, it says that Jesus took bread. And he, he took this bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then it said that he took the cup. With, this is the cup is my blood. It's the new covenant in my blood. Do this. And listen to what he says. Do this as often as you do it. He says every time that you do it, and do it often, he said you are proclaiming the Lord's death, his burial, his resurrection 
until he comes. Amen. Are you ready today to say, Jesus, I want to be identified with your death. Jesus, I want to be identified with your resurrection. And Jesus, I want to be everything that you've created me to be until you come. I'm your son, your daughter, your child, living in your presence to accomplish your will on earth in Jesus' name.